This episode of Eat the Rules is brought to you by You on Fire. You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run that gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your appearance. With personalized coaching from me, incredible community support, and lifetime access to the program so that you can get free from body shame and live life on your own terms. Get details on what's included and sign up for the next cycle at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'd love to have you in that group. This is Eat the Rules, a podcast about body image, self-worth, anti-dieting, and intersectional feminism. I am your host, Summer Inanin, a professionally trained coach specializing in body image, self-worth, and confidence, and the best-selling author of Body Image Remix. If you're ready to break free of societal standards and stop living behind the number on your scale, then you have come to the right place. Welcome to the show. This is part two of episode 212, and it's the second half of the spotlight episode where I am sharing the stories of two more women who I had the great fortune of being able to work with over this past year. These are people that worked with me in the You on Fire program, and they're here to share their story and just how they got to where they are today. You can find all the links mentioned in this episode at summerinandin.com forward slash 212. Before we begin, I want to give a shout out to Shelby Nicole, 1992, who left this amazing review. This podcast is saving my life. No joke. This podcast is saving my life. I am well aware of the things I struggle with, and I am trying very hard every day to battle these demons to live a happier, more secure life. After listening to and reading so many self-help podcasts and articles that simply say, struggle with X, just stop doing, feeling it. I've become so exhausted seeking help until I found this podcast. Summer is so eloquent and really digs deep into the reasons why behind so many of us struggle with the things we struggle with, while also providing extremely helpful and proactive advice for us to start making productive changes in our lives and our ways of thinking. Thank you so much for existing, Summer. No, thank you so much for existing, Shelby. That is a really, really thoughtful review. I so greatly appreciate that. I'm just so glad that it's made a difference in your life, if you haven't already done so, leave me a review. It'll be like a Christmas present to me. (laughs) So go, go to iTunes, search Eat the Rules, and then click ratings and reviews and click to leave a review and give it a rating. And if I see your review come in over the holidays, I'll know that you did that for me. And I will be so grateful. You can also help out the show by hitting that little subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, where else? So many platforms these days. Everything helps. (laughs) It all helps. Subscribe everywhere. That would help me. And then if you haven't already done so, make sure you grab the free 10-day body confidence makeover at summerinandin.com forward slash freebies with 10 steps to take right now to feel better in your body. This is the second part of the spotlight episode where I'm sharing two more stories of people who have worked with me through the You on Fire program. 
You on Fire is the online group coaching program that I run, and it gives you a step-by-step way of building up your self-worth beyond your gene size. It blends personalized coaching from me as well as incredible community support and lifetime access to the amazing content in the program so that you can really learn to get free of body shame and be more resilient in this culture that we live in and expand your life, have more joy in your life, have more freedom in your life. It's just incredible what this work can do for you. If you are curious about that, you can get more information get on the wait list at summerinandin.com forward slash you on fire. I'm pretty pumped about this next year. Actually, no, I'm not really pumped about this next year. I'm a little, I'm a little bit terrified of this next year because this past year was like pretty rough on me personally. And there were, yeah, just a lot of moments where like the rug was completely pulled out from under me a few times this past year. So I'm approaching, I'm cautiously approaching this next year, but what I am excited about is I'm putting together some really great new stuff. I have a four new episodes of the body image series coming out for the month of January. Yay. So prepare yourselves for that. That's going to be amazing. They'll get you pumped up in the new year. And I've got a brand new workshop, free workshop that's going to be coming out as well. So definitely keep your eyes peeled for all of that. That is giving me something to really look forward to, aside from obviously seeing my family and friends over the holidays too. But I wanted to release these episodes kind of through the holidays because maybe you're sitting around, maybe you've got some time to kill, maybe not, maybe you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe you're feeling pressure with this like whole new year, new you bullshit. Maybe you're feeling stressed about diets, maybe you're feeling stressed about food. And in any event, it doesn't have to be that way. And I want these stories to really inspire you to show you that there is another way. And that there's another way of thinking there's another way of being that really is just giving going to give you a sense of freedom and peace in your life and help you be more present help you to really just experience whatever life you have on a different level and that's the outcome and that's why i love doing this work and this these stories really just show you that you know feeling bad about your body is such a universal condition and it just doesn't have to be that way. We can change that narrative. We can change our beliefs. We can change the way we feel about ourselves and feel so different when we see our reflection in the mirror or get dressed in the morning or be at social occasions where previously we've been comparing ourselves to others the whole time. So I would love to invite you to join me in my program if you want to take that leap with me. And I would love to be your coach. And hopefully these stories just inspire you regardless of whether you decide to work with me or not, that there is another way and that life is pretty sweet on the other side. So we're going to start this episode by catching up with Anne. And Anne is story, I think you're going to resonate with a lot because she was a chronic dieter for four decades of her life and was constantly in that cycle of like not understanding why she couldn't just, you know, keep the weight off and figure out food and all that stuff. And it's just incredible to see where she is now. So this is Anne's spotlight. Hello, Anne. Welcome to the show. 
Hello. Thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Why don't you start out by telling everyone just a little bit about who you are? Okay. Uh, My name is Anne. I live in Northern New Jersey with my husband and two teenage daughters. And along with being a community volunteer, I teach part-time and dabble in writing, which are two things that I'd like to do more of in the future. Nice. Amazing. That's great. And why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about what your relationship with your body was like before we started working together? Oh gosh, what a question. So my relationship, I think it was more about my relationship with food, which was just has been a hot mess for four decades. I am a chronic dieter who had a terrible relationship with food. And it makes me sad to say, but my body was a source of shame. And I never felt great about that because I didn't blame it, but I, and I wasn't always at war with my body. I was more like at war with this one part of myself that never let me, I'd always, like I said, I've been chronically dieting for four decades. And there was one part of myself that just never let me stay on restrictive diet for long. And I just couldn't figure out, couldn't figure out why. And it was just this up and down. So in before this started, I was just not at peace with any of it. There was just no peace. There was guilt and shame and just the opposite of peace, I would say. Mm -hmm. And like, how did that show up in your life? Like, did that prevent you from doing certain things or enjoying certain things? Like what was kind of the impact of that on your life? It really did. Unfortunately, it really did. This journey has made me look back on the past four decades and It really has. Unfortunately, it's been a very big source of pain. It has absolutely made me self-conscious. It stopped me from doing things. It's had me believe a certain things about myself. And now that I'm on the other side of this and I just have felt compassion for myself, which is so lovely because there just wasn't any at all, really at all. So I was just always on a diet from the time I was 12. I grew up in, I was a very typical 70s kid. We played outside a lot. We walked to school. We rode our bicycles everywhere. So there was just a certain amount of activity built into all of our lives. And then one day I woke up and my body was changing because that's what it does when you're 12 and going into puberty. But it kind of caused shockwaves through my family, especially with the female, my aunts and my mom. And it was like alarming, like, oh, my gosh, you know, look at her now. And I hadn't done anything different. So I was put on a diet and it was a diet called the Scarsdale diet that they don't even have anymore. I think it was something like the Atkins diet, but there was it was very low carb. And in that moment, the way I looked at food completely changed. I realize now that after that moment, I never looked at spaghetti and meatballs the same because spaghetti and meatballs was just something I had without thinking about it when I was younger. But that was never on any diet. I mean, you couldn't have spaghetti, whether it was Weight Watchers, because it was like all of your, you know, or so there was things like that that really changed. I think you're so many people will resonate with what you said because it, it's just, you know, that time in your life where, yeah, your body changes. And if you start dieting that young, like it creates this huge ripple effect for the rest of your life. It really does. And part of this journey, so I guess I can say where it started was my father was really sick during COVID and he was dying of brain cancer. And then we had the pressures of COVID and my nervous system, it wreaked havoc on my nervous system. I mean, I was just always in this state and eating calmed my nervous system. And then I got on the scale and I was just like, oh my gosh, a part of me was shocked. But also for the first time in my life, I was able to make space for the shame of 
not liking what I saw, but also gratitude for food. I mean, it was the first time that I could actually say, thank heavens I had that food because without it, and I'll never forget you saying on one of your podcasts, it's so innocent. I mean, I ate too much ice cream. I didn't yell at, like, I didn't, you know, like during a really hard time, I ate too much ice cream, big deal. But, and I was able to just, so this opened me up to realizing as how grateful I was for food and how it really was innocent. And then I think that's when I probably just started opening up to the fact that there could be another way of living in the world with food. And I heard about, I was listening to a podcast about the Enneagram and I heard somebody talk about intuitive eating and that led to another podcast. And I ended up buying the intuitive eating workbook. And the first thing they have you do is go over your diet history. And when I went back to that 12 year old girl and I was writing about that diet and seeing like the impact that made on my life, it was such a moment because it was the first time that I think I ever realized in my life that it wasn't my fault that I gained weight back as soon as I went off that diet. And then I was able to see that diets really don't work. They really don't work. And throughout this process, this intuitive eating journey, and then thankfully joining with you, I've been able to hold on to that truth. And that's one of the things I would tell people is find something because going from diet culture to this, it's like, it is a radical shift. And so holding on to something that you know is true and diets don't work. And that has been able to settle me during the times of this new journey that I'm on. Amazing. Thank you for sharing that. And so was that kind of your you know, you, you mentioned like there has to be another way. Is that sort of like the moment where you were like, okay, this is like, I'm going to really be on this other trajectory now. Like, you know, there has to be this other way. Oh yeah. I mean, as soon as I discovered all of you beautiful, courageous women in this community, I'm like, oh my God, it, because it makes such sense. It really, it just, it makes sense. And it's um, so yes, it absolutely shifted me in a different direction, in a completely different direction. Amazing. Did you have any like fears or hesitations? Oh, it's been terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I honestly, it's just, no, I mean, I hate to sound dramatic because I tend to be dramatic, but it, no, it, it's been the most terrifying thing. But one of the activities I did with you, with your core values, is what I've learned about myself are my two core values are compassion and faith. And one of the reasons why I love being part of this anti-diet community is how compassionate it is. The way diet culture allows people to be treated is horrible. There's nothing compassionate about diet culture. Diet culture is not compassionate. And everything about this way is everything and including the self-compassion. And the other part was faith and taking the leap of faith and trusting my body, trusting that I could eat everything at want. I mean, it was like, what? It was terrifying. It was terrifying because it felt really unbalanced. And it like, the, oh my gosh. But it felt terrifying in a way. The reason I was terrified was because I was in a place I'd never been before. And I'm on the road I've never been before. And everything else, diet had been so... You also made me realize I was addicted to dieting. Like that was my addiction. Like that was such a radical, like addicted to dieting. Like every time things in my life would get like felt like too much, I'd be like, well, I'll just go on a diet tomorrow and then I'll lose weight and I'll never have to feel like this again. So when you took dieting away, it was like, now what do I do? And so 
this road is, and I'm still in the messy middle of a lot of it. So yes, for me, it's been terrifying, but in a way that I know it's leading a place I've never been before. So it's exciting also. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sums it up really well. That's the good kind of fear. Yes, exactly. It was a good kind of fear. You mentioned the values. Were there any other like key stepping stones or elements in the program that really helped you move forward? There are just so many. There's just so many. I knew when I started. So I started the intuitive eating in like the end of February ish. And I knew pretty quickly that I couldn't do this alone because the intuitive eating program, I admire the women so tremendously who put it together. And that being said, it's also confusing. And it's, I felt like I was doing a lot of it wrong. And so I knew I needed support. And then after going to your podcast and listening to everything you said, and there were so many aha moments, I can't even, and then finding you and your group and finding a place, you know, so many of our talks talk about holding two things at the same time and being, you know, and understanding that this is a journey. And just really, you you showed me the ways of diet culture and self-compassion and turning down the knob on the critic and making space for everything. So yeah, no, I could not have done all of the, if I were to recommend one thing to anyone on it's find a community because diet culture is so rampant and so everywhere. I mean, there are women who I admire, who do wonderful things in the world, who are in diet culture big time. Like I went to see this one inspirational woman speak and she had a CD on sale, like meditations on how to lose weight. Like, and that wasn't even her realm. I was like, really? So, and at the time I didn't think anything of it, but looking at it now, so, so much about all of the modules and the groups and the Facebook page and knowing what everybody else and having someone to share it with. It's been a total game changer is all I could say. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. So what's changed for you? Like, what are some specific things that you've noticed about how you feel in your body since doing the program together? You know, it's interesting. I realized that a lot of this journey is like the journey to acceptance. I realize it's, there's a lot of grief as you talk a lot. You talk about grieving. One of those was grieving. And part of grief is all the other stages. And I think I was in denial for just the longest time. And so entering this, I actually entered my body. I'm living in it for the first time. And for the longest time, it just felt so uncomfortable. Like I almost felt like I just didn't belong in it. Like this isn't, why is it like this? And for the first time ever, I'm comfortable in it. I'm just comfortable. I feel like I belong in it. And that hasn't, that that's taken, like I said, it's all a process, but I really feel comfortable in it. I'm not at the mercy of food anymore. I'm not at the mercy of any sort of food. For 40 years, I was either eating food I didn't want because I was going to be going on a diet the next Monday and I better get all the M&Ms in or restricting myself from food I did want. And one of the things you recommended was the fuck it diet. And I know I listened to your interview. That book came at a very good time. That book, I definitely love that book. And I followed and that helped. And just, just really realizing that no restrictions at all. So, and I did that. And like I said, there was times it was terrifying, but I'm not at the mercy of a cookie anymore. If I eat, want it, I eat. If I don't, I don't. I'm not completely at peace. I still find myself judging myself like, oh, 
I wish, but then I offer self-compassion and I give myself grace and move on. What's so amazing about that too is though, is that it hasn't even been a year because you were talking about how this kind of like you really sort of started, like you ordered the workbook in February and you know, we're chatting now it's December. So it hasn't been a year. And so it's like, you know, how far you come in that time is actually pretty incredible. And it's not linear because about a month ago, I was like, I, I, I've come nowhere. Like, this is awful. Like, uh, you know, like I'm, I can't like it just like I really thought I haven't, you know, I haven't. And then, you know, but now it I really do. I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable in my body for the first time since before I was 12 and had any issues with it at all. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. I know one of the things you mentioned last time we talked, was it happening like kind of like subtly? I can't, I can't quite remember the exact word you used, but it just, it didn't come on like really suddenly. <laughs> no, it didn't. It was very subtle. And it, but it, I just remember you talking about body neutrality. And when you talked about that, I just kept thinking, well, that's, that might be good for some people, but I'm never going to be able to do that because I was, you know, I, I, I'm like one of these dramatic people who wants to like love my body. So I'm either going to love it or not love, you know, like, and I just didn't never think that that, but it's true. It's just, it's not, and it's nice. Like it didn't sound, I don't know. I, I guess, like I said, I, I could be all sorts of dramatic. So I'm like, Oh no, but it, it exists. And it, all the, these little things, you can be beautifully neutral with something. Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. Were there any like highlight moments for you that you haven't mentioned at all, just out of curiosity? There were a lot. There was times when I fell apart on one of the phone calls. I didn't even know I was going to fall apart on one of the coaching calls and I just fell apart. And I knew I, there was no place else I could have done it. No one else. No, there was no other safe, no other place that would have gotten in and offered the compassion that you all had and the understanding. And that I think shifted it because there was so much grief. I remember the crying was coming from, and I didn't even think that was going to happen. I wasn't even sure if I was going to talk that call, but it all built up. So that was, and getting support around that almost every phone call there, there's something, but that was it. And like I said, learning that I was addicted to dieting, learning that my core values has just been, I mean, everything about is different. Everything I do now, I base on those values. And I never even realized that before. And like I said, I think I was in denial for so long. And that one phone call that we had where I just let myself, I just, I just didn't even let myself, I surrendered. And it's hard to find, maybe it's not hard for other people, but this community is so important to me because like I even found a therapist because with my dad passing away and everything, I tried to find it. And and the therapist was terrible. She just, there's therapists that can make this diet culture stuff worse if they just, they just don't get it. And she just didn't get it and it didn't work. And I was, if that had only been my source of support, I don't think I, I don't know where I, you know, that I would have probably not, you know, it wasn't a good match, but yeah, no. So there's, um, there's definitely was that one moment of surrender. And I I remember that. And I think it just, it takes a lot of bravery and vulnerability to do that. And so I admire you trusting me and the other individuals in our container on that process and in that process and, and opening up yourself to it because yeah, you have to go through it in order to get past it. And I think that it's actually kind of funny to me because I'm asking you about a highlight moment and you're talking about kind of like when you like really sort of like peeled off a lot of layers of the onion. Whereas like a lot of people would be like, that doesn't sound like a highlight. 
I think it's because I unloaded something that I've been carrying a lot. You know, I unloaded something that I've been carrying and there's little shifts that have happened and there's been, so that was, you know, and just discovering this community was just a huge highlight. And yeah, no, I know it is. It sounds more of like, it sounds, it, yeah, it sounds kind of, but it was, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, it, it does sound kind of like once again, dramatic, but it was, it was, and I don't think I even knew in the moment it was happening, but that really is a, a credit to you and the space that's created on those phone calls and in the community that you have. And just to, you know, so I'm just eternally grateful. Amazing. Amazing. So how does it all feel now? How does it feel to, to be in the place that you're in now? Oh, wow. It's, it feels so good. It feels so different. It feels so, it feels so good because I didn't think that, like I said, I didn't think this was possible in the beginning of this. There were so many things that I didn't think I could get. I didn't think I could get through. I didn't think my perspective could ever be changed after, even if I wanted it to. And I have a different perspective. I get to see the world through compassionate, you know, through compassion. I'm a nicer person because of it, because of this whole journey. I'm not only just nicer to myself, but I'm nicer to everyone. And I, and I understand, I understand all of it. It just, it feels yeah, I don't, I wish I had another, a word other than, it feels like peace for the, like peace is coming in. Peace, peace is showing up. Yeah. And that's really what I, I've always wanted. And peace is showing up. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's amazing. Someone I know in my life who's very wise once said to me, I don't think we want happiness. I think we just want peace. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> so you just kind of reaffirm that. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> that sounds great to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what's one piece of advice you have for people listening who may be in a similar spot to where you were? The one thing, I mean, I do have three pieces just because I thought about it. One is above all else, more than anything is to join the community, join a community that it's not something that you want to do alone, even if you could do it alone. So I would say join a community. One thing that I also wanted to add that's just so great about the intuitive eating part of this is that what I love about it is that no one can tell me what's right for me. I only know that. And that is so liberating. And I don't know what's right for anybody else because I would get so preachy with my diet stuff. I can't, I don't get involved with anybody. I, I don't know what's right for anyone else. So that's like a twofold. So I would definitely, my one be all would be to join a community because it, it is, it makes all the difference. The other thing I mentioned before was just to find some, you're going to feel so lost in between, like as you enter, leave diet culture and go into this new world. So I would say, find something that sounds true to you. And like, for me to say diets don't work was, I was able to hold on to that in the moments when I'm like, I just have to go back on a diet. Like I, I have to, like, I just would able to say diets don't work. And the other thing is open up, like try to allow more feelings, more than like to allow, try to create a space, which is what the community does. And you talk about this a lot in your modules is create a space for self-compassion so that you can allow these feelings to be there because it, why push them away for so long? But when I was able to do self-compassion and say, you know what, you can be here and then just breathe through it. That's also allowed some of that to leave. Beautiful. Amazing. So, so good. It's been so amazing catching up with you. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? 
No, just thank you. Just I just thank you for all you do. Thank you for being so brave. It's not easy to, to be a pioneer in this field and you are and I'm so grateful and all of your podcasts have felt like truth and just brought me to a new place. So just thank you. Oh, well, thank you. It's been such an honor to, you know, be with you through this process and see how far you've come from when we started together a few months ago to where you are now. And yeah, I just, I just remember our last conversation a couple of weeks ago when you were like, I'm just feeling neutral. And like, I was like, yes. <laughs> and I was like, it might not last. It might kind of go up and down, but it means it's there. <laughs> oh yeah. Just the fact that it could appear like that. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. So, so good. But I just appreciate you. I appreciate your honesty. I, just, I appreciate the way that you've supported everyone else in the community and, and being there for them as well. Yeah. You're just someone that really brings a lot of compassion to other people too, as, as which aligns to your values. So it all makes yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Anne. Thank you. Rock on. What's so amazing to me about hearing Anne's story is that you can you know, live the majority of your life in this kind of like toxic frame of mind that we learn from our culture. And it is possible to free yourself of that. Like, I think that sometimes when we're in it, we feel like, well, this is just the way it is. Or, you know, I'd rather stick with what I'm familiar with. And I think that in some ways, that's just, you know, that gives us a sense of protection and comfort because there's so much of an unknown on the other side. And so I hope that Anne's story opens you up to the possibilities that like things can truly be different for you if you're struggling and you can feel more at peace and free yourself of that that diet present. Next up is Nicole. Nicole, we started working together a few months ago and same kind of thing. It's just incredible to see where she is now and the difference that it's making in her life. Because I truly do remember when we first started working together, how she just did not believe it was possible. And she almost like kind of wanted to like leave the program because she was like, I don't think I can do this. And to see where she is now, it's like just so mind blowing. So you're going to love it. This is Nicole's story. Hello, Nicole. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. Why don't you tell everyone just a little bit about who you are? Yeah. So I live in Arcata, which is in Northern California. It's a little college town. I'm married and I have a four-year-old son whose name is River. My husband and I are really into homesteading and sustainable living. So we have a big garden and chickens and we love to make things from scratch. And I'm currently a stay-at-home mom as well as a graduate student studying counseling psychology. And then in the new year, I'm going to be studying to be a neurofeedback practitioner. So I'm really excited about that. Cool. Cool. You know, I didn't realize you were into homesteading and you had chickens. I like of all the times we talked, I, I never knew that information about you. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. It's so fun. It's such a big part of our lives and it's very rewarding. Yeah. That's so cool. And I'm sure your son loves it. That's awesome. So why don't you tell everyone a little bit about the frustrations that you had, what your struggles were with, with your body and stuff before we started working together? Yeah. So I think that my biggest frustration was I was having a really hard time accepting my postpartum body. I had also gained some weight during the pandemic and it was just a lot more confronting than I expected it to be. 
in the past, I've had, or I had two eating disorders that I fully recovered from. And when I recovered from those disorders, I was just in this place of feeling like really free and good in my relationship with my body and my relationship with food. And then, so I expected that like, if I gained weight, that it wouldn't be such a big deal. Cause I felt like very philosophically and intellectually body positive. And so then when I did gain weight and it was like emotionally stressful, it was really hard for me because I felt like I went back to a place that I'd been before that I knew that, you know, wasn't in alignment with my values. And yeah, it was a lot more stressful than I expected. So, and I knew that I really needed support to go from like intellectualizing body positivity to like really embodying it in myself so that I could feel really free and unconditionally love myself no matter what I weighed. Yeah. And was there anything that like was kind of like a moment for you that made you realize like, okay, like I, you know, want to like get some support around this or like, you know, actually kind of work on this? Yeah. I mean, I think I just noticed that it was taking so much energy and time away from my life because it was so stressful. And so I noticed that I wasn't being as present in my relationships. I wasn't as present with my son. And I just, I kind of felt like in a prison of my own thoughts and beliefs in a way that like made it really hard to engage in activities and things that I really used to enjoy. And then another part of it was that I knew that the way that I was acting and behaving could affect my son negatively. And I really like that was really important to me. I didn't want to pass down, you know, disordered behavior, especially around food and body onto him. And so I knew that since I was trying to do it on my own and I wasn't having a lot of success, I knew I like needed that support to get through it. So yeah, it was really seeing the way that it was negatively impacting my life and also the potential that it could have to negatively impact my son and his relationship with his own body. Yeah, that's always such a big motivator, I think, is you know, this notion of like potentially passing it down or role modeling something. And yeah. And it was like, when I had him, it was just, it was a big intention of mine that he grew up feeling really free and open with food. So I like didn't want to give him any reason to think that there was anything wrong with, you know, body, body type, different bodies, different foods. So yeah. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. Well, did you have any, you know, like fears or hesitations before doing this work? Was there anything like kind of, you know, mentally resisting you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that I was afraid, like most afraid of being more vulnerable to being judged or rejected by others. I think that came up a lot in terms of like fear of accepting my body the way that it was and not trying to change it was, you know, what would other people think? And then also I was afraid that I wouldn't be as comfortable in my body as I was before. So yeah, it was like, what's going to be on the other side of this? You know, am I actually going to get on the other side and feel the way that I did, you know, before I had gained the weight. And so that, that felt really scary for me. Yes. I think that like so many people can relate to that because I always talk about how, you know, we don't have this like blueprint for it. And you kind of did because you were sort of in that space before, but you don't have that at like a larger body if, you know, if your body's changed. And so it's hard to believe that it's possible, but part of you knew, which is great. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I cannot keep living like this. I know that there's a different way because I was feeling it before and I'm going to do whatever I can to get back there. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So what were some of the, you know, the key stepping stones that, that helped you move forward? 
You know what? I feel like the coaching calls, you're talking about the program, right? Yeah. Or anything else too. But yeah, for sure. So yeah, I feel like in the program, like the coaching calls were really huge for me because it really like got into like what my specific beliefs and feelings were and then helped me like work them through in my body because that was what the problem was, was like up here, I was like, oh yeah, like I believe like all bodies are worthy. But inside in my own body, I was like, but I can't be worthy, you know? And so I really had to like work through that. And so I feel like the coaching with you was so huge as well as like the community, you know, and seeing that like, I'm not alone, you know, that other people are going through this. And if other people can get through this and I can too. So yeah, that community support and then your support was really huge. A couple of other things were learning how to calm my inner critic because I felt like I wasn't really like not only not challenging the beliefs, but I was also like feeling hard on myself for being hard on myself. You know, I was like, why? Like, I know better. Like, why is this such a problem? You know? And so really learning how to like be a lot more compassionate to myself when I was having a hard time was so huge because it like got me back in right relationship with me, you know, and then I could like move through it a lot easier. And that also helped me become a lot more resilient you know, to like when I would have bad body moments. And then one more thing I want to say is that like, you talk a lot about how sometimes, you know, we can focus on our bodies as a substitute for like something else hard that's going on in our lives. And that was super true for me and is super true for me. Like, so if I'm having a bad body image moment or time, like I know now to be like, okay, like what else is going on? Because my brain just like goes there in order to not like focus on this other thing. And so the tools that you taught in terms of like learning how to like be with our emotions more, I was like, okay, there's something that I need to feel, something I need to process. And then it's just not that big of a deal when my body isn't that big of a deal when I'm like focusing on what's really bothering me. So kind of knowing that that about myself was very, very helpful. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. All those things I think are so important. And you were always really open in the coaching calls to being coached and, you know, uncovering all that stuff too, which is obviously like super helpful. It's not just me. I think you're like the bigger part of that. It's all you, right? Like I just sort of can conduct you. Yeah. But like having somebody like witness you, you know, is so huge. Like, and just holding that space, you know, is like allowed. Yeah, you're right. Like that inner wisdom to come out. And that's something that I think is like really beautiful about your coaching is that like, I always felt like you were helping me see like my own wisdom, which then was like bringing that forward. And then that's like, so meaningful for me to hear from myself, you know, rather than it being like, advice. And so, yeah, I just, it was super powerful. Thank you. I'm really, really grateful that you said that. And you just like articulated the difference between like coaching and advising. And like, you were able to say what I actually do because <laughs> I can never explain it to people. So that's great. <laughs> yeah. It's so, I mean, it's so powerful. Thank you. I mean, I do enjoy it too. <laughs> what are some of the specific things you've noticed about how you feel in your body since, since our time together? Yeah, it was so fun when I um, like reflected on this question because I was recognizing like, wow, I like really don't care as much, you know, like I don't feel like I think about it much during the day. 
you know, I, I just moved through the day and I remember we had a coaching call where you were like describing what it's like on the other side. And you were just like, you just get up and you go about your day and then you like are done. You know, it's just like this, like this ease, you know? And I was like, oh my gosh, I just can't imagine that in that moment. But like, I'm totally here. Like, I just don't think about my body that much. It's just like not that much of a thing. And so I just feel that sense of like being at home and being at ease in myself, which is what I had before. So I'm like, oh yeah, I got there. Like I can feel this way, you know, this feeling of being at ease in myself at a larger body. And also, you know, it's not like it's perfect. It's not like I never have, you know, like moments of self-judgment or difficult Mm -hmm. times, but it's like, I feel like I have the tools to move through it. And I just feel so much more resilient. So like those moments are just like, they come, they're like, wait, it's like they come and they go and I'm like, okay, I've been here before and I know that it'll pass. So I think that that was really helpful for me to realize that it's not like it's, it's just nirvana, you know, but that like, I now know how to like move through it. And in a lot of ways, like it is nirvana in that it's like so much different than how it was before, you know? So yeah, I just feel like just so much more comfortable. That's amazing. So good. So good. And so were there any like highlights for you, like specific things that you were able to do or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I I think that in the beginning, I was really trying to like not get rid of my clothes. And I felt like kind of tortured by getting dressed and like trying to fit into things that I used to fit into or like being frustrated that things didn't fit right. And so I think like a highlight moment for me was like buying new clothes, getting rid of the things that didn't fit and like buying things that I liked and that I felt good in. And that might even be like a little bit like pushing my edge because then it's like, I'm actually embracing myself, you know, and my new body and not trying to hang on to how it was before. And it was like this signal for, to myself that like, I'm worthy to feel good now. Like I'm really worthy to feel comfortable now, no matter like what size my jeans are and doesn't mean anything, but like, I deserve to be comfortable. Like I don't deserve to like feel like tight and icky and like, so getting dressed used to be like such a trigger. And now it's just like, it's just not a thing. I just, you know, I'm kind of like looking forward to like putting on clothes that I like, you know? And so that feels really nice. And then another thing was like really just discovering my own worthiness, you know, like beyond what my body looks like. And even like further than that, like beyond what achievements I've done in my life or my talents, like just like really finding that innate sense of self-worth beyond the external was really, it's it's just such a good feeling, you know? And it was like not having my work, like realizing that i like, my worth is not dependent anymore on my body. It just feels like I'm more free to be myself and express myself. Amazing. Amazing. I love it. I love it. I love the getting dressed thing too. Like just because I just think, yeah, it can be such a torturous experience. I don't think we realize how much mental energy that takes every day if you're uncomfortable or you hate getting dressed or you're constantly fidgeting. And so, yeah. Yeah. I would notice that I would like go to get dressed and that I would feel like my heart racing and I'd be like, and I'd like be stressed. And then afterwards I would like just be so disembodied. And 
it was just like such a simple part of my day. I don't know why there was so much resistance to letting go. I think that sometimes it can just like, it's just hard and that you just ha- kind of have to maybe grieve that process. But then when you get to the other side, it's like, okay, now like I feel so much better. So it's just worth it. Yes. I love it. Amazing. Amazing. So how does it feel for you to kind of, you know, be in this place now and have this baggage off your shoulders? What's it like? Yeah. I mean, I feel like the really cool thing is that I have my time and energy back again. So like I can focus now on like my creative passions, you know, I'm so much more present to my son because I'm not like in my head and I just do my life, you know? And so I'm like, I'm back, like I said before, I'm like back in the place that I was before I had gained the weight where I had just had that feeling of freedom. And now I just feel, I feel at ease. And, you know, I really feel like when you have like these body image stuff, it can kind of feel like a, a prison in a sense, because you're like, you take your body everywhere. So like, you're never like without it. And so now to not have like the obsession or the worries, like I just, I feel free. Like, I feel like I was like free from this like jail that I was in. And so it's hard to describe that feeling like, because it it just becomes like this new normal, but then you look back and you're like, oh my gosh, like that didn't feel good. And now I feel so much better. Yes. Yes. I was talking to somebody about else about like this concept of like body neutrality. And she saying it's Anne whose interview is going to be right before yours in this recording. So anyways, but she was like, you know, the whole concept of body neutrality. I was like, I want more than that. But now that I'm here, it's like so amazing. And so kind of just echoes what you're saying. Like it's this, you know, the greater sense of ease and, and peace and freedom. And I think like, ultimately that's kind of what we all want. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like neutrality is a word that doesn't sound super exciting. And I think that's what we're talking about. We're trying to get at. It's like, it doesn't sound like it's that exciting, but it's actually like amazing. (laughs) It's actually like the best thing, you know, because it's just because then you have your energy to like put towards these other things. It's, it frees up so much space. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I need, we need new linguistics for it. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> so what's your advice for someone who's, you know, going through a similar experience to you? Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is just to be kind to yourself and patient with the process. You know, I feel like this is like body acceptance is such a journey but it gets better and it gets easier. And obviously it's just like so much better on the other side, but, you know, being gentle with myself through the process just helped it, like helped me feel like I could handle it and keep going, you know, and it helped me be like, okay, I'm on my own side. And even if it's hard, like being patient and just, you know, just continuing on. And like, there was like, you know, during the program, there were some really hard moments for me and I would notice I'd go up and down, but it's just like, so committed, you know? So it's just like, like, yeah, having that resilience to keep going and taking care of yourself through the process would be my suggestion. Yes. It's such good advice. I think it's like, it's so important. And yeah, you've come such a long way. Like I do. I remember when you started and like, there was a lot of fear there. I remember like, you know, kind of our initial coaching session where 
like you just didn't even know if it was possible. So you weren't, you were kind of like questioning, like even being there and to kind of just, you know, witness your progression and witness like you just being really open to this process. And like, you know, there was just this part of you that trusted it, that knew that like, this was the way for you and, you know, continuing to kind of follow your inner wisdom, the guidance of your inner wisdom and feel through all the stuff. And it's incredible to see where you are now and just hear you reflect on it. I think you you just have so much to be proud of because yeah, you put in a lot of work. And I think that, you know, like you said, you just had to be patient with yourself, but clearly it worked. <laughs> it was clearly, it was worth that patience and that time and energy. Yeah. And thank you so much like for believing in me. Cause I think that that really just made such a difference, you know, just like having you in my corner and like knowing and I'm like, okay, I trust summer, you know, and I really did trust you. And that was such a big part. So yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you for trusting me. I really knew I was like, I was like, no, we can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that you trusted me through it. And yeah, it was always just such an honor to witness you know, just the experiences we had in our coaching sessions together. And, and you're always just so supportive of everybody else too, like just so loving and supportive of everyone else in the group. And I really appreciate that you added to that dynamic in such a lovely way as well. Yeah. I really feel like my heart is in this work for sure for other people who are struggling. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much, Nicole. It's been such an honor. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? I think that just to anybody who could be considering this program, that your summer is amazing and yeah, it'll change your life. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you so much. Well, you're amazing and you're going to be doing amazing work in the world too. And I'm so glad that your, your voice is out there too. Thank you. Rock on. All right. That's a wrap on this episode and these stories and this spotlight episode. If you want to see these in video format, if you want to watch any of these interviews that I've done with past clients, there's over 35 of them now, I think on YouTube, plus tons more in the audio version just on my podcast. But you can find the links to all of those at summerinandin.com forward slash 212. I'll put them in the show notes for this episode. And yeah, if you have any questions or you're curious about you on fire, you can feel free to reach out to me anytime. I'm an open book. I'd love to be your coach. And I hope that you've had a wonderful holiday season and that you're going into the new year feeling however you're feeling, just honor wherever you're at. I'm not going to tell you to be energized because I know I'll probably be exhausted going into January. <laughs> I always am. It's not my time of year, but I got some exciting stuff for you in January. So keep your eyes tuned into that and I will see you in the next episode. Rock on. I'm Summer Inanin, and I want to thank you for listening today. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Summer Inanin. And if you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts, search Eat the Rules, and subscribe, rate, and review this show. I would be so grateful. Until next time, rock on.